Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Welcome here to another episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. Today, I have a dear friend who is a colleague. She is a heart math coach, and she is a yoga teacher. She's a yoga instructor. She is just an, has been overall in the wellness field for over 30 years. She is a resident of the sunny state of Florida. And I welcome my friend, my colleague, Kelly Andrews, to the podcast. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to have you. And, you know, we've, we've never met in person, you know, but we've, we've worked together a few times on a few different projects. And I see you on the Heart Math Coach, you know, when we do our you know, the whole bit, everybody gets together and does our monthly thing. I see you, I'm like, Hey Kelly, you know, but it's, it's, you know, fun to have this time to, to see you and to hear what you've been doing during this wonderful, crazy 2020. So (laughs) tell us what you've been up to. All right. Well, you know, one thing I've shared with, uh, I've been on a couple different, these type things. And one of the things I've been sharing a lot is that you know, I think people have this perception that coaches have it together, right? Like in that yoga teachers have it together and heart math trainers have it together. Like that we have some secret sauce that, that like works all the time. And so <laughs> I don't know about you, Julia, but when all this went down, yeah, right. Well, when all this went down, I, I mean, I was spending two to three hours a day, like in self-care. I mean, like deep, like everybody else, right? Because I was realizing, you know, I can't. I can't help others if I don't help myself. So uh, when everything first started, I, I actually, as an entrepreneur noticed that most entrepreneurs were like turning the volume up and going into panic mode. And really like those that were hustling started hustling even more. And I, I actually did just the opposite. I just like totally stepped way back because I could feel energetically like all the anxiety of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And really starting to spiral down. So I just, I just, Fortunately, had saved up enough money that I could float for a couple months to kind of figure out what I was going to do and what I did do. And and fortunately, we had yoga teacher training, which was actually an in-person training. And so we, you know, we made that a hybrid model. We had some people that came uh, in person and we had some people that were online. 
So that was great because I had that revenue coming in. So that basically took me through October. And then I had a few projects here and there. So I started teaching yoga online, which, you know, and Facebook Live, which I never expected that I would ever do that. I always, in my mind, thought that's kind of a little too much ego, but you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do, right? You yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny because that when I was furloughed pretty early on, middle of March, really quickly, like one day doing massage, the next day not, you know, and it's like, how can, as a massage therapist for a, for a hospice, it's like, am I going to see my clients ever again? You know, like they're on hospice anyway, it's the pandemic. So I was like, I went to bed one, it was a Friday night and I said, you know, I just put it out there. I said, what do I do? What do I do? How can I help? How can I help? Kind of like what you were saying. And the, the message that came through was do morning meditations on Facebook live. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I've never done Facebook live before. (laughs) Why would I have to do so? But I've been doing that. And it's been so helpful for me to do that every morning on Facebook live. My mom is usually the, my mom and my sister are my two steadfast watchers, you know, and I appreciate them. But um, I know it's been helping me like just do that self-care every day, that check-in, that, that, that grounding in this crazy chaos of this year, you know, of just having that grounding. Yeah. So that I, I hear you on the, like Facebook live. That's a lot of ego. I'm like, I'm so not an ego person. Like doing this podcast is like a dream, but it's also like, why am I doing a podcast? You know? But I think we need to get out of our own way sometimes and just let it go. Absolutely. And, you know, mindset's everything, especially these days. And you know, I think I know, have said this and I, I know a couple of people are talking this way and some people get a, a little bit out. But, you know, there are so many blessings with what has happened in my mind because we have really had the opportunity to go in if, if we choose, right. If people choose to go inward and really take this as a reflection opportunity to really go in and really look at and reflect and, and prioritize and decide, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like we got this beautiful gift in a way for some of us. Right. And, and I don't mean to demean anything in terms of, I know there's been a lot of really negative and a lot of deaths and a lot of really bad things that have happened. And also in all of that chaos and in all of that craziness, there has there has been some things that have happened too that have allowed people to probably go into a space that they would have never gone to before had this not happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and you you touch on all of it because there have been so so much death, so much change, so much overwhelm in the healthcare field, but at the same time, so much good has come out, you know, and I know I'll never be the same after this year and I don't know anybody who will be, you know, so this is going to be that one year that we're going to historically look back on and say, you know, where were you in 2020? What did you do in 2020? And, you know, we're both heart math coaches and trainers. And, you know, I know we can't teach the tools because it goes against our license. And, and I completely honor that. But how has those tools helped you during this chaos, right? Because it's, it's resiliency yeah. building. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I have, I have the inner balance and Julia, I actually in January of this year, I, part of my commitment to myself, I was using it some, but I pretty much said, you know what, I'm gonna do this every day, every morning before I get out of bed, I'm plugging in and I'm just gonna, you know, explore. Mm -hmm. And it has been so interesting, like watching my nervous system on some days well really connect more fully with my heart because what one thing I've learned which maybe you already knew this as a trainer because I know you've been doing this work a long time too is the sensation of excitement versus stress versus love versus fear like really some of those emotions and the way that I sense them in my heart are very hard to differentiate and sometimes when I feel like I'm anxious, I'm actually able to get into this beautiful heart space. At other times when I think I'm there, I'm like, no, I'm not there at all. So, you know, I've just been really exploring that to the point of coming to some new ahas about how I'm perceiving what's actually happening in my body based on the, the, you know, the information, the science-based information I'm getting back. So that's been kind of fun. It's not about ego around how long I meditate, but I have gotten to a place where I can, you know, I, I can be there for a long time or five minutes and I'm just intuiting what I need that day. So I used to be really rigid with myself as an athlete, right? You know, like I'm going to do this, this, and this, and all these days. And you know, I was just really rigid. And one of the coaches that I had years ago, I can remember her saying, and I, I use this all the time, is when you wake up in the morning, you know, just put your hand on your heart and go inside and just ask yourself, like, what do I need today? So instead of me saying, I'm going to lift weights Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and run Tuesday, Thursday, you know, whether I really want to or not, like, that's what I'm doing. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute, let me just see what I really need today. And maybe it's like to lay in bed a little bit longer or to do some soft yoga or to go for a walk or to do nothing, like just to do nothing. And so I've been playing with that a lot this year, too, just because my energy, like everybody else's, has been, you know, low mm-hmm. and hard to motivate and hard to get excited about things and hard to stay you know, upbeat. And so, yeah, so really honoring that that's okay. And honoring the sadness and the anger and all the, all the heavy stuff too, because, you know, you can't not, you can't not feel it. I mean, you can, but that's, we know that's not, you know, a healthy approach. (laughs) Yeah. It's like damming up a river, you know, and when we, when we don't allow these emotions to even to come into our consciousness to say, I can't feel this, I can't feel anger. I'm a nice person. I'm a peaceful person. I can't feel anger. I can't feel sadness or, and the one thing I like about heart math is, you know, when we got the training is that's one of the things, the tenants that they really talk about is that we are emotional beings that all these different emotions come through us. So with feeling these emotions, allowing us to feel them, you know, it's, it's really helpful you know, because we're not, we're not damming up a river. We're just allowing these emotions to flow through and, and using them as guideposts, as way showers so that we can learn from them, honor them because there's, you know, they're, they're trying to show us something, you know? So that's, you know, I, I just love the whole philosophy of heart math and, and what, what it does for us. Yeah. So what else have you been up to? 
Well, I, you know, I do have several clients that are mainly heart math, heart math coaching. So I do four to eight weeks, depending on the person's needs. And, and I, you know, I have that, um, I got that stress and well-being assessment survey uh, certification. I don't know if you've done that, but it's a great tool. And I'm learning a lot with that because I hadn't used it very much. And what I'm mostly learning is that this year, everybody's stressed. And so I'm not really... <laughs> Sharing the tool with them until we get to meet together because it te- seems to create more anxiety for people when we're stressed and then we acknowledge we're stressed and then we read that we're stressed, like it can amp it up even more. So that's kind of been a another learning for me personally and, and professionally in that regard. I'm, I'm teaching online yoga. I'm only doing that once a week now, Wednesday nights. I'm teaching restorative yoga and I've been doing some work with a teacher out of Asheville, North Carolina. Her name is Christine Weber and she She's amazing. She has subtle yoga, which is what she offers. She's been doing yoga for 30 something years and training teachers for like 15 years. And so she has this whole, and you should check her out, Julia, you would love her. Her whole approach is about the nervous system. So she does a lot of work with mental health practitioners and with teacher training. And it's very slow, mindful yoga, but it's geared towards just working with the nervous system. And so of course it couples beautifully with heart math. It's like the beautiful pairing of, of tools. So I've been doing kind of studying with her a little bit and, you know, doing some work with my students with that. And that's been going really, you know, really well. I have a, a few corporate you know, corporations I work with. So I've been teaching some heart math and some other like communication, disc training, leadership training. And then, of course, I've been doing the hot spots, which I actually took a break in July and I'm going to start to crank this back up. And actually, Michelle Mar- Mariscal and I are going to start next year. Uh, we're going to I think we're. We've decided we're going to do coast to coast coherence, which is what we're going to call it. Awesome. And it'll be probably every other month. So I found I did a couple coherence hotspots, you know, online and it was early on and people were not in a good headspace. And what I was finding is some people were sharing a lot and other people were just tired of talking about it. And so it kind of got a little bit, honestly, I just felt like I need to take a break and give people a break from it. So we're going to gear back up. And what I've decided is it's mainly, it's not going to be really much sharing. It's mainly going to be just like what you're doing, just the tools, because that's what we need. Just come meditate together, raise the vibration, raise the energy level. And then that's it. We don't have to get into anything. And then I also do a little bit of coaching on the side, small group coaching. I didn't have a class this year, but I'm going to be kicking that off in January again. And it's really more personal development work. And I integrate a lot of the holistic stress management tools that I've learned and then also heart mathing with that. Okay, great, great. Well, so this coherence hotspot, can you describe what that is? Because I think I know, but I, I want to hear more about that. And I'm okay. sure our listeners do too. Yeah. So Dirk Terpstra founded it and he founded it like a couple of years ago when I went to Mexico for the HeartMath um, conference the year before last, I heard about him and then I came back and he basically got certified as a trainer a few years ago and just fell in love with this concept of global coherence, right? And social coherence, not just personal coherence, but all of it. And so he has training that, you know, you can take online. Anybody can be a hotspot coordinator But basically, it's just a gathering of people coming together. The way I was doing it initially was I was teaching one tool, and usually it was the heart lock-in. So, you know, I would teach the tool. Sometimes I would focus on technology, and I'd have some, you know, some of my M-waves there and let people play around. Several people, I've got about 15 people now that actually have purchased the inner balance. 
I've had some struggles trying to get everybody to practice together. I can't seem to find a time that people want to you know, commit with as a group, which is okay. But really his whole vision is, is just bringing people together and you know, coming into heart space and lifting the vibration and sharing that message to the world and to other people. And, you know, he has, I don't know, he's probably got 60, 70 people on the calls now from all over the world. It's so cool. So he'll show a little movie clip or he'll do a little education and then we'll do breakout rooms. And that's kind of what I was doing. But like I said, I'm, I'm really going to move back more towards what you're doing, which is just offering an experience, because I think that's what people, we've got so much information in our heads right now, along with all the other mental distraction that I think probably what I know is serving from what I can tell most of the clients that I'm dealing with is just, I just, I just want to experience. I, I don't want to, I don't want to take notes. I don't want to journal. I just want to be, <laughs> I want to be in the energy and then I want to go do my thing. It's almost like, you know, I need to plug my battery in mm-hmm. and then I need to get refueled and then I need to go back to my life. Exactly. I think that's so important. And one of my big mantras almost is fill your cup first and let others drink from the overflow. So it's the same concept, oh. filling yourself up so that you can go and do your stuff and, and not give from an empty cup. We're vessels of divine energy, you know, what, however you want to call yourself. We can't, we can't give from an empty and from an empty space, you know, and I think that's so such a good teaching for all of us because, you know, right now with the political climate, the way it is here, you know, we have a lot of work to do, no matter what, who you vote for, who you hang out with, we, we need to pull this country together. We need to do a lot of things to, to help, you know, and I think the work is going to come the, the work of peace building, the work of reconciliation, all these things are going to start happening. And it's teaching people these kind of skills that we can move forward, you know, and come from a place of love, come from a place of, of social connection, like what Dirk is doing, you know, it's, it's, it's such important work, you know, so this is like the foundation of peace building, you know, and so I don't know if you wanted to say anything about that or. I I love that. I love, I love that metaphor for the cup runneth over. I think that's so beautiful. And I, you know, I think what in this great awakening, some people are calling it the great awakening, right? People have to like it, it. it's not a leisure anymore. Like you have to start to take accountability Mm. for your health period. You have to right? for yourself, because it's like with the system being what the system is, it's already broken. It's been broken for a long time. But I think one thing that COVID has done is it's made people realize, I mean, if you look at our country and you look at our obesity rate, right? That issue has been an issue that we've been dealing with for however many years, but nobody was listening. Mm -hmm. Nobody was paying attention. And now, you know, people are like, oh, well, maybe I need to be a little more active. Maybe I need to eat a little better. I need to exercise a little more. Maybe I need to be sleeping more. Maybe I need to, you know, all these self-care, right? Self-care routines and things that we just say, we'll do it later. You know, wait till I get older, whatever, till I find time. We always have these excuses. And, you know, I've been teaching, saying this a lot this year, and it's kind of become one of my mantras in my teaching is that, you know, awareness without action is only awareness, right? It's it's just awareness, but awareness with action is really evolution. 
And so when we start to put that second part in there, you know, many of us take online courses and read books and listen to these master coaches and presenters. And I'm not saying I don't do that. I do. And also this year, I've decided, you know what? I have enough information in my head from the past 30 years, probably for a thousand lifetimes, maybe more, honestly, right? And at what point do I want to just find my way, take what I can from others and create my own teaching and really create my own practice, even more important, create my own practice and teach from that place. And I think it's the action piece that so many of us, we love data. We love to be smart. We love to know things, right? Like I can tell you a thousand self-care tools. Well, that's only good if you're practicing them. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Me too. Me too. I I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh yeah I have that tool in my back pocket I forgot (laughs) or that 10 years ago that was really good why am I not using it (laughs) and I I think a lot of it you know we need to start taking ourselves off the hook too you know of especially people like like you said in the beginning of this is like as coaches as trainers we don't have it all together we we just have tools that other people may not know about, you know, or I've gone to an extra training. And so, you know, I know that I get pulled out of my piece a lot and it's getting back into it that is helpful and using these tools to get back into that space. I don't know about you, but I'm not sitting on a mountaintop, you know, with nothing, no responsibilities, you know? Well, and you know, Julia, I think too, the thing I've learned this year uh, really the past few years is that sometimes none of the tools are work. Like, you know, sometimes they're not effective. Right. And so how do we for ourselves and for others teach people to be in that space of not being okay and just really being up against it, but being able to at least breathe through it and acknowledge it. Right. Because it's hard. I mean, it's hard just, you know, to get to neutral. That's the word we use in heart math. It's hard to go from stress to a, a neutral space, let alone to get to a heart, you know, a heart space or a, a positive renewing feeling. That's a big jump. If you're way over here in major depression or major anger or major anxiety, it's a huge leap. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's one thing I've really this year learned for myself is that, okay, this is what it feels like to be in anxiety and to try to do these tools and not to feel a shift. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's not fun, but to have that experience, right. So that we can relate and teach to others. And we can also start to build this foundation with which we can stand on in a space of not falling apart, but, but being in it and breathing through it. Yeah. That's so critical. So critical, right. Especially right now, you know, and, because so many people have had their lives upended. So much change has happened. And, you know, I, like you said, this, the great awakening, you know, and I I really feel the same way that this is going to be a touchstone this year of, of how we can, this, this pandemic has really shown us where things need to change, where things, you know, whether it's poverty and healthcare and jobs and, you know, so many different things have been brought to the forefront, right? Racism, all this stuff that has been blown up and then pushed back under, you know, all these different things. I think the more and more of us that stay awake coming out of this, then that's where the real change is going to happen. So if the world were perfect right now in Kelly Andrews' eyes, what would it look like? 
Wow, that's a great question. Consciousness at every level of leadership. We really need people with heart. Sir, I'm just getting emotional. <laughs> Serving at the level that we don't have and haven't had for some time now. I don't know how, Julia, we got so far away from humanity. Like, I, I don't know how we have strayed so far from just caring and being kind and respectful and tolerant. You know, and, and you're right. The more people that we have that can stay, <laughs> stay in it because it is it's tiring. It's exhausting, right, to feel like it's like this going uphill kind of battle thing. So, you know, I would say the first thing would be that we have conscious leadership, that we have more of a focus on our environment and on each other and on love and connection, because really connection and relationship, when you boil it all down, it's really, it's about love and relationship. And so, you know, that's a, that's a cultural ideology or a cultural way of infiltrating a system, right? And it takes years. I mean, you're right. We are years, years and years away from being where we need to be. Just if you just take the environment and talk about that as one topic, right? Like we've been talking about it for 30, 40, 50 years, but we haven't it's back to that action, right? There's been awareness, but some of us, me too, I haven't done my part at the level that I could have, should have, mm-hmm. needed to. So that would be the the other piece. And, you know, and, and when you have that kind of a leadership model, then a lot of the hunger, the, you know, the domestic violence, the mental health, the addiction, like all that other stuff begins to be talked about more transparently, addressed in a more loving way. Trauma, you know, trauma-informed societies, trauma-informed care is, again, you know, we're way behind the eight ball on that. And I know there's a huge movement, which is absolutely beautiful, but my goodness, we're still way far behind on that. And even understanding and learning how to start to have a conversation about making change for the little ones, right? We know it starts very, very young. And, you know, that is one of the reasons I love HeartMath because, you know, HeartMath has so many options. You know, you can start them in preschool. With learning how to just regulate their emotions and what those are, and being angry is okay, and you know being sad is okay, and like having those that education that we never had right through our school, just like PE, like movement, and how important that is to our overall well-being. So I guess I would say probably the biggest picture would be more consciousness around wellness, around health and wellness, because health and wellness affects everything else. You know, it really is truly the umbrella of so many other things. We don't feel well, we can't work, which is directly relates to money, which directly relates to having a job, which directly relates to how, if we have, you know, food on our table and a roof over our heads. Right. So it's almost like, you know, we've had this equation backwards, you know, we've worked so long to get things without really worrying about how we feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and how we, how we show up in the world. And so the mental health piece, which I know you're well aware is where we we have a lot of work to do there. And a lot of this stems from that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this, a lot of the stuff that we're dealing in the country with right now, you know, even with leadership, mental health stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to, to come out of the closet with that and say that it's okay to have anxiousness. It's okay to have depressive moments and and times and weeks and however it is and it's just it's okay you know and it's okay to not be okay too you know and especially like I don't know about you but in the health and wellness field yeah I was in a few networking groups and I was the health and wellness coach person in my group and at the, at the, the time that I was doing this I was also getting divorced 
I was, my father passed. I had my two other family, close family members pass and moving and all this. And I had to be the happy, you know, like the sunshine that comes into the room. I'm like, I don't feel like freaking sunshine right now. You know, again, taking ourselves off the hook and, and saying that it's okay to not be okay. You know, even people that have all these tools, have this huge toolbox of Mm -hmm. stuff, still okay. Mm -hmm. And being a full bodied person that has down days and sad days and, and stress days. And, but knowing that we can come out of it and knowing what to do when we remember that, oh yeah, I have that tool in my toolbox, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and just that lightness of being, that's the thing that I really want to to stress for me and my daughter and my family is just to have this lightness that it's everything is going to be okay. Even if right now it doesn't look like it's going to be okay. Like what can I find that is, that's where gratitude work comes in. That's where, you know, so much, there's little remembrances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think the joy, I, I don't know about you, but with clients all the time, I'll, I'll ask the question. So, you know, what's your favorite, what brings you the most joy? What fills your heart? What's your favorite thing to do? And many times, you know, I'll get an answer. It might be like, I don't know, going to the beach, right? And then when I'll do the follow-up question, so like, when's the last time you went? Then it's like this long pause. And for most people, a year, two years, three years. And it's like, okay, well, that's interesting, right? And for me too. So this is good because, it's you know, anytime we're teaching, we're learning, right? It's like... Okay, so maybe I need to look at that in my own life. What are the things that I love to do that I've not been doing for whatever reason, even with everything else that's going on? There are things that I know I can do that make me happy, right? But we get so sidetracked with what's not going right that we forget to focus on what is going right, <laughs> right? It, it is, and it's it's really, really hard. And then when you have this, now it's, you know, when a 9-11 happened, it was an American, you know, it was, it was USA for the most part, right? This is a world heaviness. Like this energy is a a completely different level of like, right? Compression, contraction. And so it's, you can feel it. I mean, if you have any sensitivity, you can feel all of it (laughs) on some days more than others. And so back to mental health piece, it's like, we, we have to a cut ourselves some slack and also take ownership too, like you said, of trying to figure out what are those little moments of miracle moments that happen because they're, they're everywhere. We just focus on things that might not necessarily look that way. And it is a resetting of the, of the physiology of the body. It really is. And I, I think you'll agree, you know, the thing I love about heart math is, is it's, it's like neuroplasticity of the brain. It's really a resetting of the whole nervous system. And when we can teach people how to do that, then we can, we can surf the waves much better on those days that are heavy and on those days that we have challenges that are coming without, you know, so much guilt or so much angst or so much anger or so much loss or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. And, and I can really appreciate what you're saying about the nervous system because the heart brain connection is always so fascinating to me and how of how the heart sends more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. And when people hear that, they're like, wait, what? You know, and it's like, yeah. And when we can, when we can change our heart rhythm to help calm our nervous system, we think better, we, we have greater 
access to, to options. And, and so it's like the first step of being conscious of, of our hearts and our heart center and that this is the, the place of, of who we are, you know, and it's that reconnection. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's so full. There's so much to it, you know, and I, uh, I appreciate all of this and all of your wisdom that you've provided. And before we go, I always like to end with a call to action. Like, so what would one thing be that you would tell your client if they're just having an eh kind of day? Like what, what's one thing that you do or that you t- would tell your client to maneuver through? I would say start and finish your day in a heart space. The best time to do the tools is when we're in it. The best time for us to retrain our nervous system is when we're in it and we can acknowledge it and then we can go to the tool. But I'm finding (laughs) for myself too, right? That's a little harder than saying, I'm going to allocate some time to build my capacity. And that's why I love heart lock-in because, you know, we can do this at any point and we can do it with a set intention. So before we go to bed at night or when we go to bed at night, before we go to sleep, it sets us up for deeper sleep sets us up for less distraction. It sets us for up for, you know, hopefully less chaotic dreams. I mean, it can really set the tone for, and it, that doesn't happen overnight, right? Like this is a practice just like anything else is to do that, you know, just some heart focused breathing at night before you go to bed and slowing your breath down as you focus on heart and on someone or something you love that simple. And then the same thing in the morning and setting the intention in the morning that if I do get triggered today, if I can set the intention to try to remember to, again, go back to my heart, slow my breath down and think of someone I love or something I love in the moment, right in the moment, then sometimes that will help the client remember through the day to do that. Mm. And, you know, there's all kinds of other little reminders that we can do for ourselves. But I'm finding that right now, especially one small thing is more than enough for people to try to take on. So, you know, starting in the morning or at night Mm -hmm. and just a couple breaths into the heart. That's it. You don't need to do all this other stuff because it's not going to happen anyway, right? There's Most of the time we have these huge, huge ideas of all these things we want to do. We want to lose weight. So I'm going to start exercising and now I'm going to change my diet and I'm going to do a hundred things. And what usually happens is we don't do any because we get stuck in being overwhelmed with a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you, when we have this grand, huge goal, if we don't chunk it down in small manageable bites then it's it's you know overwhelming and then we get then we stop you know so you know that's where we again take ourselves off the hook and start small and and just build on those those little wins you know every day mm-hmm. yeah yeah wonderful all right so what you have mentioned that you're starting something in january what was that So it's called Live and Lead with Heart, with Love, and it's a small group coaching program. So it'll be online. It'll be on Thursdays from 12 to 1. And it's basically a personal development process. And what we look at is what beliefs we come up with. You know, what are the main beliefs that are keeping me from moving forward and through? So there's a lot of subconscious work. I interweave heart math with that and then some other tools I've learned and some other trainings. And I love it because it's deep work. It's not fun. And I think I even say on the description, you know, if you're not willing to do the deeper work, probably not the class for you. (laughs) I I don't know about you, Julia, but you know, I've been doing this work for a really long time and I'm kind of at this place where it's like when people show up to work with me, if the level of commitment is really not there, it's kind of like, I'm just doing this to do this. I'm, I'm just, 
I don't want to say I'm not interested. I am. And also there's probably somebody else that's a better fit though, because I don't think we have time to waste. I'm just going to say it. We don't have time to waste. You're so right. And I so love that you're doing this. We, we got to get to work on ourselves and on and supporting others. So I would love for people to come. I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity for people to network with like-minded women, but there will be tears and there will be laughter and there will be everything in between. But when I did this course, a similar course in California several years ago, it, it really did. It was almost like the kick in the butt I needed to really look at, start doing some of the deep work, look at myself through a different lens that helped me to shift some things. So I appreciate that work and I, I want to share it with others. So, okay. Oh, wonderful. Well, this is this has been such a great time talking to you and reconnecting and hearing all the amazing things that you did during this time of great awakening. And I look forward to seeing you and hearing more about what you're doing. So I'm sure this will be the first of many because, you know, reconnect and see what work we're, we're doing. So I appreciate Thank you, Julia. Thank you for your work. Thank you for putting it out there. You know, I know you said that, you know, you're doing these meditations and uh, one or two people are showing up. And the other thing I'm realizing and learning as I get older is, you know what? One person gets it. If one person makes one change that can help them be happier and healthier, our work is done. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, really it's, that's what it's all about. So thank you for your heart. And you know, your your the effort and energy you're putting out there because sometimes I know it can be a lot. And it's just it's beautiful that you are emitting and emoting and radiating such a positive energy. Well, thank you. Thank you. And and if I wasn't, I'd be more anxious because it just it would have been like hit me on the back of the head, like you gotta do something, you gotta do it, you gotta, you know. So actually doing it is less stressful for me than not doing it. So yeah, that's when I know that I'm on the right path. Yep. And that's great to recognize, right? That's that's a great awareness for you to have for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you, Kelly, and all the work that you do and all your links, all everything will be in the show notes. And so if anybody is interested in learning more about Kelly, please check out the show notes. All of her stuff is in there, all of her great work. And I appreciate you. So appreciate you too. Thank you so much, Julia. You're welcome. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.